0: I'll try that again. Everybody doing good? Can y'all hear me out there? All right. Next Sunday's Easter. Can you believe that? Oh goodness. Uh, you have a nice little packet on, your, on the seat there as you came in. I want to thank our team. We have such a great team that does all this prep for us. One thing I want to draw your attention to is this card right here that says who I'm believing for and what I'm believing for. Uh, And here's what we're going to do at the end of service. We're going to pray over these and you're going to take these and you're going to hang those on the cross that we have out there. And we're going to be praying over that all week this week. So during the time today before the end of the service, I want you to write down, if I get to like a boring part in my message, just write down some names like who I'm believing for. And then maybe what, what you're believing for. If there's a miracle you need in your life, you need God to do something. And then we're going to take these and hang them on the cross. And we're going to be praying over those all week. How many think that's a good idea? Take all your needs to the cross. Amen. So be thinking about that. Man, thank the Lord. I love this church. I love this church. I'm so glad we get to be a part. Someone asked me, like, how did you, how did, how did you and Kristen have the vision for the hills. and like, we just planted a church we wanted to go to. That's pretty much what it is. And it's great when you get to feel that feeling, when you feel the love and the music and how fun it is. And yet the presence of God is so close. It just, man, just fires me up. Uh, I'm I'm really, really excited about Do Good Friday. We're going to have a time of worship there as well. So we'll do some worship together. Uh, We're also going to open the building up for you to, to spend some time walking through. Not a lot, not, not like, like going and doing any construction, but for you to get an idea of what God has, has given us there as well. So do Good Friday. Make sure you're there 1 o'clock, all right? Colossians chapter 1. We're in a series called The Kingdom. Everybody say, The Kingdom. The kingdom. That wasn't loud enough. Come on, everybody say, The Kingdom. I'm loving this series, and I have a feeling we're going to be in it for quite a while because it's an extensive subject. Jesus talked a lot about the kingdom. And uh, last week, uh, how about Dr. Bill Brassfield? Was that incredible, man? (laughs) My pastor, man, I love it when my pastor gets to come and and speak, and we spent some great time with him and and Miss Kathy, but man, that was like drinking from a fire hose, wasn't it? I I recommend you going back and listening to it. Uh, If you were not here, you need to go back because he has some amazing revelations on the kingdom of God. I want to go back to a week before, uh, and I want to read a scripture that we close out with, Colossians 1 and 12. Colossians 1 and 12, Paul says, always thanking the Father. Who has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. That's what that communion was about. The blood of Jesus. The sacrifice of Jesus has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. And transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. We're talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom that you and I are citizens of. But talk about the kingdom, you have to talk about kingdoms. And so you and I were a part of the kingdom of darkness, wittingly or unwittingly. And when Jesus came into our life, because he bought us He rescued us. He purchased our freedom, forgave our sins. And then I love this word. He rescues us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Rescues, transfers. There's no no immigration issues in the kingdom of God. It's just immediately. You don't have to pass the test. All you got to do is say, Jesus, I want you to be my king. And he goes, boom. Now you're a part Of a brand new kingdom. Doesn't that fire you up? I don't know where you stand all the political stuff and I really could care less. Because today I'm talking about the kingdom of God. So he rescues you from the kingdom of darkness. You happy about that? He transfers you the kingdom of light. You happy about that? And then he places you back into the kingdom of darkness. Happy about that? (laughs) Wouldn't you just love it if as soon as you said, Lord, I confess my sins, you were Lord of my life. Boom, heaven. What's up? (laughs) Wouldn't that be amazing? But that's not how it works. He takes us from, sets us in, and then places us back into this earthly kingdom. Except now we have two things that we didn't have before. We talked about this a few weeks ago. We have his identity. Matthew 28, 18 and 19, all power has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Now I'm going to give it to you. I want you to go with this fresh identity, which means this. If you have a new identity, that means you're family. Now you're not a slave to darkness and you're not just a servant to God. You are a son and daughter of God. And if you are a son and daughter of God, the Bible says you are an heir of God. And if you're an heir of God, you're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. So that's why we act differently. And we live differently. Because now we're sons and daughters. Any of you parents ever look at your kids and go, that's not how we act in this house? Come on, have you ever done that? That is not how the Johnsons act, okay? That's not how the Ragsdells or the Smiths, right? Or the Kachambas act. This is how we do things around here. Amen? Amen. That's why we act the way we act, because we're sons and daughters. And not just sons and daughters, we're heirs. The reason I live the way I live and breathe the way I live and smile the way I smile is because I'm in the family business and I've got an inheritance. So I want the kingdom of God to be blessed because, man, I'm a part of the kingdom of God. He gives us his identity, and secondly, he gives us his authority. Now, when someone gives you their authority, that means this. You are an ambassador. So I want you to write this down. Identity means I'm family. Authority means I am an ambassador. Look at 2 Corinthians 5 and 20. We're going to spend some time today talking about that word ambassador. Everybody say ambassador. Ambassador. 2 Corinthians 5 and 20. So we are Christ's ambassadors. My goodness, is that weighty to you? Not I am a Christian. I am an ambassador of Christ. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. That is what evangelism is about. That's what witnessing is about. That's what handing out an invite card is about. It is an ambassador pleading, come back to God. We are, we are ambassadors or representatives of reconciliation is what we are. Look at the word ambassador. I want them to bring it on the screen. Ambassador, this is the, the uh, definition. An accredited diplomat acting as the official representative of a nation sent to a foreign land, the ambassador's role is to reflect the official position of the sovereign body that gave him or her authority ambassador brought out of a kingdom given a new identity a new authority a new name a citizen of a new kingdom and now we're placed back into an earthly kingdom but now we're there as ambassadors and as an ambassador it is our job to represent the kingdom that we come from and you thought it was just about getting out of hell and into heaven No, it's about you and I becoming the representative of the kingdom of heaven. We talked about this several weeks ago. I want you to write it down. Every kingdom has its own culture. That's what we're going to talk about today, the culture of the kingdom. Now, in a culture, there are laws, languages, and currency. I'm going to talk about that over the next several weeks, but I really want to talk about the culture because that's important. Every kingdom has a culture. And as ambassadors, we're called to represent the culture of heaven. Now, we learned last week from Dr. Brasfield that we advance the kingdom of God by doing the what? Come on, y'all listen good. I think y'all listen to him better than y'all do me. Because sometimes I'll ask you and he's like, just crickets, okay? For those who are not here, Dr. Brassfield, one of his main points was, How do I advance the kingdom of God? Do the will of God. Our Father in heaven, right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. If I want to know if I'm advancing and, and representing the kingdom culture, do the will of God. And every time you and I do the will of God, we advance the kingdom of God. How many have always thought advancing the kingdom of God that was some big deal, right? Yeah, is that your mom, I mean, it's the kingdom of God, you know. Come on. It's really simple. Just do the will of God. What if every believer would just do the will of God? Just wake up in the morning. What's your plan today? I'm going to do the will of God with everything that I have. I'm going to do the will of God. What if millions of people every single day were just doing the will of God? The kingdom of God would be advancing so fast. Every time you and I... Every time you and I do the will of God, the culture of heaven becomes the culture of earth. So I want to talk about, and around here at the hills, we call them culture points. We have culture points, loving, giving, and living are are our culture points here at the hills. Well, the kingdom of heaven has some culture points as well. You ready to take some notes? Everybody still doing good? Need some more coffee? All right, we'll get some after church, all right? Some culture points. Number one, the culture of heaven is eternity. The culture of heaven is eternity. Everything we do here is all based on time. Right? Everything we do is about time. Not enough time. right? Too much time. Amen? Have you ever been with somebody too much time, All right? <laughs> I'm early. I'm late. How I many were late today? Yeah, go ahead. Be honest. Thank you, Nate. I appreciate your honesty. Was it her fault or your fault? Okay, we just breathe. <laughs> She's pointing at herself. See, that's awesome. You got a good. You got a good wife, man. That's incredible. You better hang on to her with everything you got. A lady that will admit they're late—that's unbelievable, man. Come on. <laughs> it's all about time. I'm early. I'm late. How about this one? How old are you? How much experience do you have? It's all based on time, not in heaven. In heaven, there is no time. I used to think eternity was a long time. It's not. Eternity is no time. It's not forever and ever and ever. It's it's nothing. It's no time at all. There's no stress. There's no rushing. There's just, that's the way Let me ask you something. What if you and I started thinking about things from that perspective? How does this impact eternity? are compared to eternity, what is this really? That's where Paul said, I know you're suffering through some stuff, but it does not even compare to the glory that you're going to experience when you finally step into eternity. But what if we could start evaluating things like that now? What if we started evaluating people from that perspective? Instead of that person that did you wrong, that's an eternal soul that will live forever and ever and ever. Boy, that's weighty, isn't it? It's a kingdom culture. It begins to change, and suddenly when they cut you off in traffic, you think about it and say, Rar! there's something that shifts and go, wait a minute. This is an eternal soul that's going to live forever. When you and I begin to operate from an eternal perspective, the culture of heaven comes to earth. An eternal perspective. Another culture point is the culture of heaven is not just eternal, it's abundant. The culture of heaven, there's no get-by mentality in heaven. Have you ever read what heaven's going to be like? It's extravagant, baby. Gates of pearl, not pearls. Pearl, like one big honking pearl. Read it, it's true. A gate made of one pearl. Think of the oysters in heaven. Just think about the oysters in heaven. Okay? How many of y'all like oysters? You're going to love heaven, all right? <laughs> Gates of pearl. Streets of gold. One of my favorite jokes. Maybe my dad told this. I don't know. The guy shows up in heaven, and he's got all of his gold in his pocket, and St. Peter goes, What you got in your pocket, man? I got I got my stuff. Let me see what's in your pocket. And he pulls it out and St. Peter goes, why do you got asphalt in your pockets? <laughs> what we treasure here so much, you walk around on up there. Yeah. Streets of gold. Not just shack, mansions. Not just there for a thousand years, there forever, eternity. Heaven has a culture of abundance. Yeah. A city made of gold. Look at this. How many, how many, when you think about heaven, it just, you you get, you go crazy. Raise your hand. You start thinking about, man, that's going to be so amazing. And look at what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9. This is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. I want you to look at me. Look at me. I don't care how much of an imagination you have how creative you can get. When you're driving down the road and you see that $400 million on the billboard and you begin to think, what could I do with that, right? Just when you get to the apex of all of your creativity, you have not even scratched the surface to what God has prepared for you and I. And that is not just talking about heaven. If you read that passage of scripture, it's talking about the believer's life right here, right now. He did not shed his blood and be mutilated like an animal just so you could walk on streets of gold. He did it so you could start living an abundant life right here, right now. This section is, they believe it. They believe it. Y'all in? You got it? Just checking. I mean, somebody started talking about abundance. I'm all in, you know? Man, I don't know. Sounding like that prosperity doctrine. You don't want to be Prosperous? If you do not want more, then you're a selfish person. I want more so I can be more of a blessing. Okay, I'll keep on moving. Jesus said in John ten ten, 10, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more. Say it loud. Abundantly. Abundantly. This is what it's all about. The mission of Jesus is for you and I to live abundantly in every area of our life. And that's our mission as a church. We want to see every single person living in abundance in every area of their life. Spiritually, financially, physically, socially, relationally, emotionally. You got it? Every single area living abundant. This should impact what you do. And this suddenly, the kingdom of heaven comes to earth. We've had multiple uh, couples in our church that say they evaluate how they argue with this, this, this phrase right there be in the middle of a fight and go, this is not abundant. Amen? My wife hired a for, trainer for me because I was not living abundantly physically. I was not. And I felt guilty about it to stand here and preach to you about living an abundant life, knowing that I really wasn't living abundantly with everything I have. So my wife says, I'm getting you a trainer. And I've got her a root canal, so that's how it's going to work out for her. we going to take care. Thank you. All right. Thank you for laughing at that a couple of weeks in a row. I appreciate that. The culture of heaven is abundance. The culture of heaven is also agreement. The culture of heaven is agreement. How many of you all? feel, how many feel the presence of the Lord right now? Yeah. Raise your hand if you feel that. Now, you don't have to feel it because you may not know what it feels like. But when you start talking about the kingdom and the culture of heaven, he loves it. He shows up. He's like, yeah, keep talking about that. want to hear that all right look at revelation 7 and 9 this is what john the revelator said after this i saw a vast crowd too great to count now you think sometimes you're the only one living for jesus right how many sometimes you feel like you're the only one walking through what you're walking through and john said when i saw heaven i saw a vast crowd too great to count from every nation and tribe and people and language standing in front of the throne before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches. Well, there's a good palm Sunday for you, right? In their hands, and they were shouting with a great war roar. Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. Repeat after me, every nation, every tribe, every people, every language. Let me just say something to you. If you're a racist, a bigot, or prejudiced, you're going to hate heaven. It's going to take you a little while to fit in. So that's why let's start working on that culture right now. Right now. It's not easy to be a junction. And that's what God's called us to be as a church. To pull heaven and earth together to pull left and right together, black and white and hispanic and asian and whatever it is. It's this and I left out a whole bunch of races there. Please don't get offended, okay? Just you know, it's 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 just, it's not easy to do that to be a to pull this together. Pulling two worlds together, kill Jesus. It's not easy to do, but it's what we're called to do. Pulling That's why I love to look out here and see people sitting next to each other that are diametrically opposed to each other politically. I love that. To see guys carrying stages together that I know if it weren't for church would hate each other. Yeah. I love that, man. Love that. That's what we're called to do. Every tribe, all them. And so agreement is the culture of heaven and agreement is what brings the culture of heaven to earth. Read this in Matthew 18 and 18. Truly I tell you, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. When you and I come together... Two or three agreeing. You notice every nation, tribe, and tongue, they were all agreeing on the same thing, and that is, you're the one, God. You're the one, God. You're the one. Now, it's not if Trey and I just get together and hold hands and go, we want new cars. We're believing for new cars. All right? You believe that? I want. You want a new truck. You got one? Okay, let me find some of It's not just like we just sit here... It's agreeing in his name according to his will. Does that make sense? So there are people that go, that scripture's not true because I prayed for healing and it didn't happen. I prayed for a, a new spouse. and Well, you got a spouse, so don't pray for a new one if you got one, okay? If you, does that make sense? It's about his name. It's about his will. Bring me, give me a little monitor. I sang today. My voice is not used to that, so just a little bit more monitor. Thank you. The culture of heaven is agreement. Next, the culture of heaven is holiness. Holiness. How many of you, when I say that word, it just scares you? Come on, just raise your hand. Look at this. Holy. Come on, where's my Pentecostal Catholic folks? Come on, where's my... God wants us to be holy. Right? And how many of you right away are like, can't do it? Tried it. Did not do very well with it. Revelation, don't turn there, but Revelation is just write it down. Revelation 21, 27 says that no evil can enter heaven. No evil can enter heaven. Man, <laughs> I gotta be honest, that scares me because some days I'm evil. I think evil thoughts. I do evil things. I want you to look at me. This is important. Uh, there is a long list of folks that will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's about 30 different types of people and sins. If you want that list, let me know. I'll give it to you. I've compiled it because I wanted to see where I was on it. And I found out that I'm on it a lot. About 30 different sins and types of of actions and people that will not inherit the kingdom of God. And one of those, you can find it in 2 Corinthians 6. After Paul lists those things, I don't have time to go into it, but I want you to see how he closes it out. 1 Corinthians 6 and 11. And some of you were once like that. He goes down this whole list and you know they're like, uh-huh, I told y'all that was wrong. I knew that was a sin. Y'all all going to hell except for me, Right? <laughs> And then all of a sudden, Paul closes it out and says, Such were some of you, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. How do I become a citizen of a new kingdom? Just call on the name of God and allow the Spirit of God to do a work in me. Look at your neighbor and say, He has made you holy. Now look at me. And so that's why we live holy. Now don't tell them. Look at me. Y'all got confused. Let me say it again. He has made us holy. Now this is going to be revelation for some of you. This is going to break some change for some of you. Look at me. He has made us holy. That is why we live holy. We do not live holy to make it to heaven We live holy because he has made us holy. Why do I stay away from certain sins? Because that's not what a holy person does. Why do I not live that lifestyle? Because that's not what a holy son and daughter does. But I'm not staying away from it so I will be holy. I'll stay away from it because he sees me as holy. Matter of fact, heaven is not about our holiness at all. It's about his holiness. Matter of fact, the angels, the Bible says the angels sing. All they sing is holy, 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 worthy, worthy. And they're not singing that to you or to me. They're singing it about Him. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. He's the only one that's worthy, the only one that's holy. And so you and I represent the holiness of heaven. By living holy lives. And when you and I do that, suddenly the kingdom of heaven comes to earth. The culture of heaven. I hope that wasn't someone's head. You got it, guys? All right. The culture of heaven is not just holiness. It is wholeness. Wholeness. The word wholeness means complete. Philippians 1 and 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Not just healing, wholeness. When you get to heaven, you're going to have a new body. Oh, thank you, Lord, for that. Please, Jesus. Let me ask you something. Why wait till heaven to be whole? What does it say? We just read it. It says you're cleansed, you're made holy, you're made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. The Holy Spirit helps make us whole long before we get to heaven. That's the Holy Spirit's job in your life is to convict you, to show you truth, to help you with the things that are incomplete in your life, that immaturity that you deal with, that unforgiveness that you deal with, that's the Holy Spirit's job, is to continue to tell you, you are a child of God, now act like it. The fruit of the Spirit, what do you think it is? Think about it. Love, joy, peace. Doesn't that sound like heaven to you? It starts right here, right now. The culture of heaven is also light. The culture of heaven is light. Matthew 5:14, "You are the light of the world." Now I want you to look at your second favorite neighbor and just say to them, "You are the light of the world." Hey, look at me now, how many have ever said that he's the light? How many ever said that? You ever said Jesus? All right, stop talking to each other. I didn't want you to do like a whole sermon, okay? Look at me. How many have ever said, Jesus, shine your light? Lord, let your light shine. He said this. He said, I'm the light of the world as long as I'm in the world. That's what Jesus said. But now what is he saying? You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are my ambassadors of light. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. That's when you are not using your talent for the kingdom of God. Man, that's so bad. When you're not using your giftings to advance the kingdom of God. Come on, you're putting your light under a bowl. Instead, they put on a stand and gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Our good deeds act like light. And when that happens, we bring the culture of heaven to earth. Helping someone, serving someone, tipping someone, buying someone's meal. It's simple things. It's simple things where suddenly you shine the light of Jesus and the culture of heaven comes to earth. The culture of heaven is glory. Everybody say, glory. Now, growing up, we would always talk about the glory of God. Come on, I, I feel the glory of God. And I would like, in my mind, like, man, I think if the glory of God showed up, you wouldn't have to tell anybody it he was here. You know what I mean? Like every time I read in Scripture where the glory of God shows up, people are like on their face or on fire, one or the other. <laughs> the same guy that would say, "We need to be holy would say, "I feel the glory." Like, really, I think we feel something, but I don't know if we got the full glory of God on this. It's more than something you feel during worship. It's the glory of Jesus, the glory of God. Look at Revelations 21, 23. And the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. The culture of the kingdom is light and glory. You know Why? Because He wants all eyes on Him. He's not going to share His glory with anyone else. That's why there's not going to be a sun or a moon, because we will turn around and worship that. He said, that's not going to happen. The sun, the Lamb, the glory of God, that's going to be the light. Focus on Him. Everybody say, all eyes on Jesus. When you and I begin to focus on Jesus, the culture of heaven comes to earth and that brings me to my last and final culture point the culture of heaven is Jesus if you want to know what heaven is going to be about say it with me Jesus yes I'm going to I'm going to see my brother again I'm going to see Haskell Evans and I'm going to see David and Rachel and I'm going to see all these amazing men and women of the faith. But that's not going to be the focus. The focus is on Jesus. Well, how do I bring the culture of heaven to earth? Start that right now. The focus is on Jesus. I love seeing you. I love it. I thank God we get to come together. But when it's all said and done, the focus of right here, right now needs to be Jesus. We are ambassadors of Jesus. I am not just a Christian. I am not just a believer. I am an ambassador of Jesus. The king of my kingdom. And the angel told Mary, he said, you're going to have a son. You're going to name him Jesus. He's going to sit on the throne of David and he will reign over the house of Jacob and his kingdom will never end. Say it with me. The kingdom of Jesus never ends. ends. In other words, Jesus doesn't deal with term limits, okay? He's not having to worry about getting voted back in in another four years or eight years. He has no term limits. His kingdom will never end. And you know, the thing is, you and I get to choose. We get to choose what kingdom we want to be a part of. You can either be a part of the kingdom that you're a part of, or you can be a part of His kingdom. The kingdom here is going to end. That kingdom will never, ever, ever end. And that's what we're ambassadors of. Let me pray for you today. Thank you, Jesus, for how good you are, for how great you are, what an incredible father you are. I pray right now for every single individual in this room. I pray God that as you begin to open our eyes to the culture of heaven that we could have a clear understanding of what it means to be ambassadors for you. That's what you've called us to. That's what you've created us to be is to fulfill your will and the work that you've called us to. Forgive us Lord for Focusing on our own kingdoms and our own endeavors. Forgive us for doing what we do for us. I turn my attention to you, Jesus. I turn my attention to you, Jesus. We're grateful today. to see the hands of those of you today that are ready to give up your own kingdom and step into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life before. You've never said, I want you to be king of my kingdom. I want to come head on dive in fully into the culture of your kingdom. Maybe you've never asked him to, or maybe you have, maybe you're a believer but you're not really living as an ambassador. If that's you today, I want you just to stretch your hand up. Raise your hands. I want want today, I want a new level of my relationship with Jesus. Thank you. Thank you back there, right here. Thank you. A new level. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just a moment. We're going to prayer a prayer together. And you're going to be transferred from one kingdom into another kingdom. I want to ask those of you today that you've suddenly, in the middle of this message, you've had a revelation of, of what God has called you to do and to be. Would you raise your hand today? It's a fresh revelation. Yeah, there we go. Lord, I'm praying for every hand raised that you would release upon them fresh authority and fresh identity more power than they've ever had before, more insight than they've ever had before, more revelation than they've ever had before. Let the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit be evident in their life. Let it be a daily occurrence. Let them walk in more favor and more freedom than they've ever walked in before. In the mighty name of Jesus. Every every single person in the room, will you open your eyes and raise your hand up high? Come on, let's pray this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus, you are King of kings and Lord of lords. And today, I confess that you're my King and my Lord. I want to be your ambassador. I want to I establish a kingdom culture everywhere I go. Forgive me of my sins. I lay my crowns at your feet. I lay my sins at your feet. Forgive me of my sins. Cover me with your blood. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live an overcoming everlasting and abundant life with you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, shout. It.